Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Good morning. Good to see you guys. Welcome on this rainy Sunday. Glad that you're with us. It is part two of Find Your Fit. And uh, today's focus, uh, really, we wanted to highlight uh, the importance of being involved in our children's department. Uh, and before I get into my talk, I just want to give you guys a, a, a big thank you. Uh, last Sunday uh, at our Find Your Fit table after service, our children's sheet was filled up. So yeah, so thank you for that. That being said, if you're here today, uh, it, it, we still have spots available. Uh, Ray and Ashley, they are two of my heroes. I have watched them over the years as they've grown with God. And, and the thing I want you to understand that today as we talk about finding where you fit, everybody doesn't fit in children's ministry. I understand that. But make no mistake about it, man. We need to invest. It, it, because here's what I've discovered. If the church doesn't rise up and invest in children now, there is going to be, a, it, it, it's already visible, the gap between the generations that is void of Christianity. Uh, the, the young people that I talk to and I hear parents talk and they are absolutely clueless about the things of God. And it's our role as a local body to make sure that we sow and invest. One of the young people that I've watched grow up, is little Joey here? Where's he? Yeah, I've watched this kid grow up, and I mean just to watch his passion and how he serves now and helping in the youth department and, and volunteering and doing things. He's a perfect example of what God will do with somebody. And so it's curious, or really it's more, it's interesting to watch your next chapter. And so when you see the kids, you know, I know they Listen, we had the girls last night, and, and I'm trying to get ready for my sermon, but I've got to be a jungle gym at the same time, right? And, and, and so, you know, in our world, uh, mom, we don't say no. So, you know, when they want donuts and um, what's the little things that you pop and they come out? Of the, what is it? Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, they, they had some of those for breakfast, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> you understand, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, anyway, we want to make sure that we are investing. And so here's my, let's, let's dig into this a little bit. I want to start with this statement that I made last week. The Apostle Paul, and I use this message paraphrase, but out of the book of Ephesians, he says this. This is Jesus speaking. I'm building a home, and I'm using all of you, irrespective of how you got here. You see, the Lord doesn't care about your past. I know people in church do because we're judgmental, critical people. We're religious Pharisees. But Jesus doesn't care about your past. If, if he did, if your past hindered what he was going to do in your life, there is no way I would be in front of you today. You know, that, that's the thing, guys. We have to be open to the fact that Jesus desperately wants us to come to him like little children. You see, Adeline, she, cared, she didn't care that I had to prep for my sermon. She didn't care. She's like, I want to play jungle gym. I want to do flips. And I'm like, and then she wants to play ball. And I'm like, where's your mom at? <laughs> no, I love it, right? Listen, guys, God's the same way. God is the same way. He wants you, regardless of where you're at, irrespective of where you came from, he wants you running to him. See, that's the thing. Uh, and, and you understand this, Jesus, he makes this statement when the disciples was asking him about him. And he, and he said, or Peter said, that, I, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus makes this statement. 
on this revelation of who he is, he's building his church. And see, we're all at different places in our journey of faith, every one of us. We're growing at different paces, different speeds. And the thing that God wants us to understand this morning is as you discover more about him, see, God is still calling believers together for an assignment to love one another. To love one another. To pray for one another, to serve alongside one another, reaching others for Christ, reaching our community for Christ, reaching our families for Christ. See, the thing is, what I want you to take home today is this, serving, you're not doing me a favor. I want you to understand this today, uh, this afternoon, and, and as the Holy Spirit, you know, in my message, this is how the Holy Spirit works. As I'm talking, he'll be dealing with you about things. And so after service, just make sure that you stop by the, the table and, and talk to them. Ask questions about the different departments. Sometimes you just have to try something to see if it fits, right? You know, those are the things that we're learning in natural life, but it's also the same with our journey of faith. And one of the things I want you to get today is, is serving. It truly is an invitation for Jesus to be more involved in your life. I know it may seem like you're doing something, you're working, you're serving, but just like Ray and Ashley, the more that they did for the kids, the more that they discovered and learned about themselves and grew in their relationship with Jesus. See, when you put your hand to the plow, something supernatural takes place. It may, it may not always be this spectacular thing, but something supernatural happens on the inside of you. Huh? A true sign, as a matter of fact, when you think about this, Jesus, his, some of his disciples came to him talking about who's going to be great in the kingdom. He said a true sign of greatness is being a servant. Huh? What can I do? Finding your fit, I want you to understand this, it, is, it really is a lifelong journey. You discover a decision at a time, a day at a time, what your role is as a person of God, as a child of God, because... This little window of time that we call humanity, according to the Apostle James, is like the morning fog. It's here for a second, and then it's gone. But your eternity is underway right now. And the things that you do for Jesus, they will echo in eternity. They really determine what you're going to be involved in on the other side. Because the moment you're born again, your new life is underway. It doesn't start when you cross the threshold of heaven. Your new life starts the day you give your life to Jesus. And finding your fit, whether it's here or a different church, wherever the Lord leads you, everyone has a place that they fit. Jesus made this statement, whoever loses his life for me will find it. And I know that's a radical thought, isn't it, Ralph? But when you start get, what happens is when you start giving different sections of your life up for Jesus. Let me give you an example. I, I, try, I, I don't try to be over-religious about stuff, you know. Okay, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but uh, it's in the little things that begin to shape your life. Little decisions you make. Turning off one of your TV shows and getting your Bible and just listening for a second. Getting a podcast as opposed to 
your favorite PlayStation on iTunes. Shaping your spirit, transforming your intellect to be available for Jesus. Because here's how the Lord works. He goes to one, then he goes to the other, then he goes to the other until somebody says, yeah. I know some people think, well, God called me. He sure did, but he may have stopped at five others before he got to you because they were hard-headed. Because he calls all of us. See, guys, Christianity, at the end of the day, you heard me say this last week, and this is one of the, the big statements. Christianity isn't just believing, it's belonging. You actually do fit somewhere. You belong somewhere in the larger scope of things and in the local scope of things. You belong. And finding your fit, it is you personally accepting your responsibility of advancing Jesus' purpose on the planet. You're part of his body. And we all play a role. And there is no higher order of things. Now, I know in the structure of how things operate, it, it goes from the, the head down. You know, I'm the pastor, the leader. But really, you know what I've discovered over the years? All I am is the guy that you blame when something happens that you don't like. It really is. Well, pastor said, or pastor didn't this, or didn't do, or did, or... Yes, I am your spiritual head. I am the shepherd of this flock. I am the one that drives the bus. But that doesn't mean anything in the scope of what Jesus does. He looks at all of us. Every one of us have a role. Like we talked about last week, every part of the body, you know. If, if Reisman's vocal cords said, Ralph, I'm not, I'm not going today. I'm going to stay at the house. You go ahead, bro. Right? That'd be dumb, wouldn't it? Like, what's he doing on the worship team? We can't even hear him. You might as well sit down. Well, you're part of the body, whether it's children's or it's working in our parking lot team, cafe, youth department. You know, there is no competitive thing here. There is no, boy, I wish I, was, I wish I was up there on the worship team. No, you won't. It's so demanding on our worship team. You probably don't wish you was on it because I would definitely probably make you mad because I expect a lot out of them because they are in front of people every day. And the problem with being in front of people every day is when you're in front of people every day, we don't know you, but you know us and you see us and expect you to know you. So when you see us and we have the dumb look on our face, help us out. <laughs> but whatever department it is, get into it. Put your hand to it. Be great about it. Huh? Always be, uh, you know, when it comes to this, one of the things we're always encouraging people to do when you get involved is because it's one of the most effective ways that you discover gifts. Some of you all have become wonderful leaders that you didn't even know you were because you got in here and you started discovering talents and things that you had in your life. This is one of the things I love, I love about Stephen. Stephen is becoming a wonderful leader in the church. And he doesn't even realize all of it that's happening in his life yet. But he started out, well, he couldn't even play drums. He was bad at that. <laughs> but as you stay the course, because the body of Christ is significant, and God has called us here for something unique and special. And so whether you're greeting someone at a door, right now if, if God has blessed you with the wonderful patience of working in our reservation table, while you all are standing out there like this. And, and then they tell you, 
Oh, you don't have one? You've got to go over there. <laughs> right? The thing about people, guys, well, they're just like us, you know. We want our way, and we want it right now, don't we? So here's the thing. Regardless of where you're at in your faith journey, this is the thing I want you to, to take with you today. Don't ever entertain the thought that you don't have something to offer. You do. And you may not even know what that is yet. And I know there are some of you that you're not on the, the visible side of things. You're behind the scenes. You're praying. You're giving. You're supporting what we do. And that's wonderful. But we need people in, 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 in the hands-on front of the house too. See, when we continue to grow individually, when we grow as disciples, when we begin to find ourselves growing past just, if you will, coming to church, and, and like his first disciples, what we do, remember we talked about this last week, you simply just bring Jesus what you got, and you watch him do something with it, man. That's the cool thing. He took, he took a little kid's fish dinner, and he fed over 5,000 people with it. And I'm sure that the disciples were blown away when they, when they would reach back into the basket and more would come out. I know we read these stories and it just blows past our intellect. Like, oh, yeah, Jesus, he fed 5,000. Do you understand what took place? Two pieces of fish. That'll feed me. If I share with my wife, she'll get a bite. I know, right? But he took... Two pieces of fish and some bread and fed over 5,000 people. It just kept multiplying. Say multiplying. It just kept coming. It just kept coming. God will do the same thing with anybody that is willing to say yes to him. You see, today Jesus is simply telling us the same thing he told those guys. Guys, just trust me. Just give me what you got and watch what I do with it. Huh? Give me your upbringing. Give me your failures. Give me your mistakes. Give me your fears. Give me your, your lack of experience. For some of you, give me your overqualifications, and I'll humble you. <laughs> huh? Bring your insecurities. Bring your doubts and unbeliefs, and watch how I mold and shape them into something that advances the kingdom of heaven. I want you to understand something. Things are drawing to a close in this chapter of what we call life on this planet. You understand that Jesus said that you all will know the season of my return. I know some of you don't want to, you know, yeah, but I still got a life to live. You, your life just started. Hmm? You don't know life until you wake up in the morning and you don't have to worry about allergies anymore. You, you don't, listen, you don't have to worry about, can you, can you, can I take a minute? Can y'all picture heaven for just a second? I picture, I picture, Joey, you won't have to mow grass anymore. If you want grass two inches or you want grass four inches, God will give you the desires of your heart. You'll have what you want. I'll have this perfect lawn. If I, I mean, it'll look like a golf course at my house with a stocked bass lake right out the back door. And I can, listen, wait, and I can walk on water to catch them. I know some people think this is fairy tale stuff. Well, you haven't read the Bible enough then. No more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more crying, huh? No more dirt. You won't have to dust your house anymore, Leslie, <laughs> right? <laughs> so until we get there, guys, listen, 
This is part of the suffering that we have on this side of heaven. So until we get there, our job is to point people to that kind of life. See, if we would tell them about that stuff instead of our religious philosophies and denominational traditions, if we would tell them about that, they were like, man, I, would, I want that. Who wouldn't want that? So when you grow in your relationship with Jesus, get ready for this, serving becomes part of your nature. That's what he did with the disciples. You remember, he, right before he got ready to leave, he brought them all together, and he went and got this towel and a pot of water. This is the king of kings, you all. And he got down and he washed their feet. Huh? And he said, this thing I'm doing, you don't understand it right now, but this is the way the kingdom of heaven operates. You want to be great? Be humble enough to, to say yes to the things that I'm asking you to do. See, when you grow in your relationship with Jesus, part of his nature Part of the way he looks and acts about things becomes part of your life. And one of the greatest things you can do, one of the greatest acts of worship that we can do is putting our hand to the things of Jesus. It's really where we discover the next level of Jesus in our life. Because he, he, he won't just put you at this higher ranking position. There's a beautiful story that Jesus, it's a parable, but it's a, it's a real story that he's telling about the, the faithful, uh, it's called the, 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 the talents, and one had one, one had three, and one had five. And he, the, the master went away for a season and left them to occupy, do business, handle things till he came back. And when the master comes back, the one that had the five, he said, I've been faithful. And Jesus said, yes, you have been very faithful. You've been faithful in little. I'm going to make you ruler over ten cities. What? Huh? Ruler over 10 cities. Now, why would he use a story like that? You think he just likes to play games with you? Guys, li listen, please, you, you got to hear me on this. There's coming a day when all this will be said and done. And then there is the millennial reign of Jesus. It's the thousand-year reign of Christ on the planet. A thousand years. Guess who's going to be in charge? Not a, not a Republican, not a Democrat. We are. And these people that were faithful in a little, and Jesus said, you're going to be in charge of 10 cities? Where's your resume at? Children's Church, Victory Life Church, from 2003 to 2020. Ray, you ready to run 10 cities? He's like, man, I'm barely running my house. Just leave me alone, bro. <laughs> God knows exactly what he's doing if we're willing to just hang on and follow him. Are you with me? He came to the guy with the three. Well done, I'll make you ruler over uh, five cities. And then he came to the dude that had the one talent. See, God has blessed everybody with talent. He came to the one, and the dude took that one, and he hid it away. And God said, you wicked servant. And he took that one and he gave it to the one with 10. Because the one that has, more will be given. Why will more be given to the one that has? Because God knows he's going to do something with it. Hmm? That's why some of these people you see doing uh, different things in the churches, because I know I can count on them. Why don't you ever ask me? I don't know anything about you. Or I do. 
I know. <laughs> that didn't really go over that big, did it? <laughs> yeah. See, guys, being part of a local church, listen, being part of a local church, it has to be more than just about showing up to hear something. Now, we do need to hear messages. The Holy Spirit teaches us and, and, and equips us and trains us. But there comes a time, listen to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's see how inventive, this is out of the message paraphrase. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love, watch this, and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on. We encourage each other. Why? Especially when you see the big day approaching. The big day. For all of us that consider ourselves disciples, you can't just assume this kind of stuff's just going to happen. We have to be about the master's work. There, and here's the thing. There's really something about encouraging and helping people get involved, being part of something bigger, being part of a worship service. Remember what Paul writes in Corinthians and in Romans? He talks about this too, in both places. We're all one body, one spirit called the one glorious future. Now, we all have different assignments. He goes on to say this, Jesus fits the whole body together perfectly. And as he does, this is out of Ephesians 4, and as he, as he does this, as he does his own special work, as you put your hand to the plow, it causes the whole body to grow. As everybody does their part, it causes the whole body to grow. As everybody does their part, it causes the whole body to grow. So never underestimate the significance of God doing something in your life. God orchestrating personalities, giftings, talents, making a local church unique. And make no mistake about it, Victory Life is a unique church. Not in some competitive way, none of that garbage. We're not better than anyone else. If people are serving the Lord and gathering on Sundays and making every effort they can, never be critical of someone else's work. Don't do that junk. This is why you have to come check us out and find out. Those of you watching right now, come check us out. Find out where you fit. If this is where God is leading you, then be part of it. But be part of it. Jump in. Because of, uh, you know, the whole... COVID thing, we, we've been watching different things on TV now. And so this new show that we've been watching is called Insane Pools. Now, why are y'all laughing at that? Right? The only reason I would be watching something like that is because my wife's got this crazy idea. <laughs> right? I'm thinking... I wanted to sell my house, and she wants to go a different direction. I know, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> easy, Josh. <laughs> my point is this. When you start putting your hand to something, all of a sudden, things inside start changing. Ideas, dreams, direction. As you grow in your relationship with Jesus, there's going to be a, there's going to be a shift in your thinking, Okay? And, and what, what's, what's going to happen is the things that Jesus finds important, you're going to find important. See, coming to get something on a Sunday won't be your priority anymore. Now, bringing something on a, to, for a Sunday morning. You're coming because you're actually, are, are you ready for this radical thought? You're coming to gather on a Sunday morning knowing that what you're doing is preparing the way for somebody that, that, that doesn't yet. 
See, the more devoted to Jesus we are, you all, the more devoted we're going to be to his church. We're not thinking about title, Victory Life Church, or whatever, you know, is on the name of the building. It's a building, you all. We are the church. And the more devoted you get to Jesus, now, never let the enemy put condemning thoughts in, 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 your, in your thinking, okay? Because he knows that if he can get you distracted, here's an even bigger one, if he can get you unhooked and ununified from what he's doing. See, being part of a local congregation, it, it's where we worship together, we, we grow together, huh? We, you ready for this? We laugh together, we hurt together, we discover our lives with Jesus together as a family. I mean, you think about it. What if we all came together with this, with this in mind? We, we actually do consider the other person. We're, we, we, we come with this mindset, I'm going to exhort people today. I'm going to encourage people today. What if we took the responsibility as individuals in this corporate setting to create an atmosphere of love and restoration and healing? Come on, Eric. What about it, man? What if we did that, you all? What if that was our motive when we came in here? It's not just some, well, I got to go to church today. No, you don't. You can sleep in. I mean, I'm playing with, we're playing this morning. Me and Adeline's playing. They got donuts, and they won't give me a bite. And <laughs> I got the leftover donut hole, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But we get to do these things for Jesus. And as you stay committed to him, as we are willing to come in and make the sacrifice, Listen to Acts chapter 4. Y'all doing okay? All right. I, I know this is not one of them shout-me-down messages. I get it. I know it. I, I'm, not, I'm, getting a, I'm not getting a bunch of hallelujahs and, oh, that's good, Pastor. Hey, mm, yes, bring it. No, I know. But when we grow in this, listen to Acts chapter 4. The whole congregation, how much? The whole congregation of believers, they were united as one. One heart, one mind. And the thing I love about that is these people made sacrifices that we, you understand they didn't have a beautiful air-conditioned building to come together and be united. Most of the time they would meet in houses, but when they had the opportunity, they would come together somewhere outside in a fellowship on the side of a mountain. Jesus, many times he would preach from a boat with the, you know, it's just a little bit offshore because the multitudes were so great. See, when you understand what God is doing, in, a, in, in, in the book of Ephesians, here's a, here's a great insight into this. He says this, that he put all God, in Ephesians 1.22, God put all things under Jesus' feet. And he gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. We're his body on the planet. He goes on to say, we're the fullness of him who feels all, watch this, in all. See, there are things that you and I can do individually as believers, but oh man, the things we do corporately. I did a series several years ago called The We is Greater Than The Me. And when we get that down... See, see, when you see scriptures and you hear words like this, it really brings clarity 
to our new life in Christ, not only individually, but as a local congregation. This is why Proverbs tells us that when we're not open to God's leading, I love how the, the message kind of paraphrases it this way. When we're not open to God's divine guidance, we're left to do our own thing. How many of you do your own thing? <laughs> Thanks, Robin. Yeah, two of you. <laughs> we do, guys. We do our own thing way too often. What God? Now, now, listen, God is not opposed to you enjoying life and your hobbies and things like that. But, man, what he's wanting to take you. Because, remember, we're all simply this. We're clay on the potter's wheel. And, he, and the more that you stay there, the more that he's going to shape you into things. But you have to be willing to allow him to work on you. Sometimes making those adjustments in your life, they hurt. Sometimes making some of those simple sacrifices and putting others first. Well, I, it's my way, Pastor. I know 12-year-old, but it doesn't, doesn't have to stay that way as you grow with See, growing with Jesus, man, sometimes it's, it's, it's not for the faint-hearted. You see, when you make yourself available to his guidance, here's what happens. Kingdom advancement becomes a priority in your life. Jesus actually makes this crazy statement in Matthew chapter 6. He said, seek the kingdom of heaven above all else. Wow. That's a pretty radical thought, isn't it? Put the kingdom of heaven above family, above career, above the things that you like. Because he knows that when you do, all of the other things fall in place when the kingdom is first. Because that's the world that you were born into. When you make that a priority in your life, the things begin to shift. Because you're still the clay on the potter's wheel. The question, I guess, that we should be asking this morning is this, how teachable, how teachable are you? Hmm? See, our, our God-ordained transformation, it only happens one way. And the more open, the more humble, the more teachable we are, the more the Holy Spirit can express himself through us, the more he can make adjustments and changes in your life, both individually for all of you, but also corporately. We have to be willing to make adjustments as a church corporately, but it, it starts with an individual. Are you, think about it for a second, are you teachable today? Because the danger, what I've, what I've seen over the years is this. As we grow older in the body of Christ, we come to the conclusion in our intellect that we've arrived. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I know that, Jack. I know that. Don't ever be that person. Stay humble. Stay humble with the things of God. Because revelation is constant. It's always coming. And, it, and, it, and it's always a higher level of seeing this is why understanding who we are as a people of God, as a living member of his body, it's crucial, you all. It's key to who we are. Listen to Matthew chapter 10. This, this, is, this is one of those radical Jesus statements in chapter, four, chapter 10, verse 40. Jesus says this, He who receives you receives me. 
And he who receives him who sent me. Who sent Jesus? God did. So when, so are you ready for this? When you show up, who shows up? Yeah, but what if you're mad when you show up? When you show up? Then you keep, how many of you told Jesus to stay in the car? You get somewhere and you, you're getting ready to go deal with something. You're mad. You and your wife just had a fight and you got to go in here and get something to see because you, and you slammed Jesus, just stay in the car because you're getting ready to, you're getting ready to lose it. Nobody does that? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, we do. Guys, listen. This is, this is, one of, this is probably the take home of the day. What if tomorrow on your job, for those of, now we're talking about finding your fit, what if next Sunday in this building someone sees Jesus through you for the first time? Come on, Josh. Huh? Ashley, what if next Sunday somebody comes in and they're frustrated, they're ready to slap some kids, and they come to the coffee shop, and there you are. And you got, you got extra whipped cream on their frozen frappuccino, and they're like, oh. Now, now, guys, we laugh at stuff like this. But we are dealing with people that are used to the world stuff. And when they come in here and they experience that open, sweet, tender, loving, joyful, encouraging spirit of the Lord, not up here on, not with the preacher. <laughs> Guys, we have this wonderful opportunity to change somebody's life every day out there. But when people come in here, and some of y'all can relate to this, when people are looking for a church, you know, they're, they're already searching and the enemy's already wearing their, their thoughts out. Man, you, you, you don't want to go there. You remember that last one you went to. You don't, you don't want to go over there. But they, they bring up the courage and they pack up the kids and, and they don't, you know, some of them, they probably don't even know anything about church and they walk in here. And they meet Tim or they meet Daryl in the parking lot and they bring him in with an umbrella and they meet somebody at the door and by the time they get to their chair, you guys have just slapped them upside the head so many times with love and kindness that they're drowning in like, man, this, this is weird. In a good way, weird. Listen to Paul's prayer. This is one of those New Testament prayers. He says this, I'm asking the God of our master, Jesus Christ, to help you in knowing him personally. To be focused, to be clear, so that you can see exactly what it is that he's calling somebody else to do. Calling who? You. So that you can see what he's calling you to do. I'm asking, this is Paul praying. This is, this is how I pray for you, that you know him. Because what happens when you get to know Jesus personally, that he's not just your insurance policy from hell. When you get to know him and he starts tapping you on the shoulder, hey, you know, that could probably use some help over there. See, as a local congregation, something that we need to help each other remember is this. Regardless of where we're at in our journey of faith, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is still right where he said it was. The Holy Ghost doesn't change. You remember Peter, don't you? Peter, he, he denied the Lord. And it broke him. Jesus said, I'm, pay, I'm praying for you, Peter, because Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. 
And I'm sure that he manipulated his soul to the degree that Peter was ready to quit. And after Jesus was risen from the dead, he said, you go tell my crew and you get Peter too. Huh? He doesn't forget any of you just because you, you might be in a funk right now. You might be in a place where you're on the other side of the biggest mistake or failure or rejection in your life. But instead of you resorting back to this, what's everybody thinking? At Victory Life Church, I, I know we're not all there yet, but we're going to be thinking one thing. Love, exhortation, encouragement. You know what? Listen very carefully. This is what the Apostle Paul says. I think this is in Galatians ch chapter 6. Uh, he says this. Those of you who are spiritual, the problem is too many of us are religious. Those of you who are spiritual, when you see a brother or sister overtaken in a fall, restore them in love. Now, we're not there yet as a church. We don't. We still judge and criticize and backbite, and we walk around like we're the modern-day Pharisees, and we have to change that because, guys, we're going to have people. I told our staff last week at our staff meeting, church is messy. See, we're under this delusion that when we come in here, man, everybody's wonderful. But it's not. We are the hospital for the broken and the lost. And if you don't want that kind of person in here, then chances are we're not the church for you. I love you, but we're gonna open our doors to everybody that's struggling and hurting and they got a bunch of baggage and all kind of crap in their life. And we're gonna love, you ready for this? The hell right out of them. Y'all okay with that? I know some of you are like, mm, I don't know about that. Oh, well, you will know. See, something that you have to keep in mind is this. Anytime God begins to inspire this kind of unity, make no mistake, the enemy will be relentless at trying to keep us from our purpose. He'll sow strife and division. He'll have somebody that you're sitting next to in church make you mad or talk about you on social media, just so you can, he can get a wedge. God said this through the prophet David, God commands the blessing where my people are unified. Remember Acts chapter four, the whole congregation of believers, they were united is one. And so today, wherever you're at in your journey, as the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about being part of what we're doing, serving in an area in the church, whatever it might be, coming in here, for some of you, it's just coming in here with a, with a passion and purpose to love people and make sure that unity flows through this body of believers. Because the more that we grow in that, the more effective we're going to be as we're united in this one purpose with what we do. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.